Hello, uh, I'm Alex Garland. I'm Jamie Wilcox. And welcome to Wrestling for Airtime. Uh, Jamie, stop laughing at your cat. Your cat is not funny. Your cat's a cat. <laughs> he's uh, currently under the podcast. He's doing a, he's doing a regular cat thing. <laughs> not funny. He's trying to grab it from both sides. Pick what you're an idiot. Anyway, um, okay, so we haven't done a podcast for probably four, four weeks, we reckon, something like that. The last one was about yeah, the new yeah. era and about if Rollins had never got injured. And now he's back. And now he's back. He, he's back. He's um, back. Um, we just finished watching NXT take over the end as well. Yeah, goddamn. In fact, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. So we're going to touch on, um, we're definitely going to touch on what's happening in NXT. Um, we're going to touch on the new era, the draft, the main roster. We're going to pick into the buffet that is professional wrestling. We're going right to talk, talk a bit about TNA, most notably the Matt and Jeff Hardy video. The telenovela um, that was their contract signing. Yeah. Why do we start with that? Let's start I mean, with something like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to talk a bit about New Japan. It's, it's kind of old news, I suppose, now. But a week ago, this was the hot topic with what Vader was saying about the Will Ospreay and Ricochet match. And we've both seen it. And I know so we're not we've got, with TNA, then? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've got similar opinions on the... Well, okay, yeah. Well, let, let, let's start with this, then. Why not? Um, so, yeah. It's uh, probably the shorter... Well, yeah, to lead yeah. In. So, so let's just go with It's that. old news, but here are our thoughts on it. Basically, uh, I think for me, it was just a little bit too much on the flippity flip side. For me, I do like the visceral nature of, of modern professional wrestling in the way that most modern big federations do it, wherein if they've got a high flyer, be it a luchador, be it a cruiserweight, be it just somebody you know a bit more adventurous, they have them balanced by a ground and pounder and, and the match kind of is complemented by that. And I think that sometimes when you have two guys who love doing the flippity flips, it does get a bit much. And for me, that was a little bit too choreographed. Like I, I wasn't, I feel like they take me out of reality just a bit too much. I know you have to suspend your disbelief when you watch pro wrestling, but that was a bit, it was, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It just looks like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. That's my take on it. I, I heard, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's all great. Like, the stuff was visually very impressive. Great athletes. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'd heard people's reactions to the match before I'd seen the match. Same. Um, and I think had I seen the match without people's reactions, I don't know if I necessarily would have thought it was such a big deal. I, I wasn't that surprised. Like, it, to me, I was like, well, yeah, this is kind of, of I've seen this before. Like, I've been watching a lot of Lucha Underground recently. And while this was probably the next step up, especially because of the stuff they were doing at the same time, there's the bit right at the start of the match where they're doing the, they do the handspring, head scissors, cartwheel out of it, head scissors, cartwheel out of it. And then they do, against the ropes, and they do the back, the kind of backflip, don't they? And then they yeah. land in the same position, look at each other. That, to me, is probably where it was too choreographed. Um, but I think, I thought, when I, when I heard what people's reactions were, the Steve Austin show about what Vader said as well, I actually expected it to be more flippy, less selling. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised by people's reaction that it was as it was, because I actually thought it was going to be even more so. Uh, uh, I thought there was actually quite a lot of selling. There was some stuff which was clearly no selling, that flip DDT, stuff like that, a bit much. But for what it is, it's the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Like, what do you expect? Like, I wouldn't, I didn't watch that and think that that was something I'd never seen before. The yeah, two of them are amazing. If anything, I was just really impressed that Will Ospreay was able to keep up athletically with Ricochet. Because watching him in New Japan... Uh, watching him in Lucha Underground, the guy's fucking incredible. So I think really awesome for a British wrestler and so young to be in such a prominent position, obviously, and then he's gone on to win the entire tournament, yeah. which is a huge, huge deal. I mean, TNA must be fucking pissed. 
but huge, huge deal. So I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's probably a bit too flippy for me. I just think you need the you need the counterbalance as all. I, I don't think yeah. the the big flamboyant cruiserweight style is the style that works when both the guys are doing it. Essentially. Yeah, maybe, but I think it's also to do with the fact that how many what's what's the likelihood of both of you going to do the exact same thing at the exact same time? And I actually felt that a little bit with the Jordan and Gable spot. Yeah, where they yeah. did the drop kick, take down some, ankle lock. Take, yeah, and then they did the the yeah. football slide, and yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that wouldn't have like that wouldn't have happened on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's just that it's a bit like a bit that. smarky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's still good. Yeah, but I mean, we, I mean, let's be honest, it was pretty much a live action film, like a fight sequence from a film. Yeah, just in the ring, and that's amazing. The fact that they could do that because how many people? I mean can do that sort of thing in the world. Yeah. And if you were going to film a fight scene in a, in a movie, in a film, it would take hours, if not days, to be able to choreograph it, to be able to perform it. Um, so yeah, yeah no, amazing that they were able absolutely. to do that. And, and it also garnered a lot of interest, a lot of people talking about it, a lot of outlets that probably wouldn't have covered wrestling talking about it as well. So if anything, it's just good for the business. Yeah, no, very true, very true. So, um, I mean... TNA may- is probably the next... Next one to hit. Yeah, yeah, the next news item on the docket is a uh, TNA and more specifically just the Hardy v. Hardy storyline they've got going. I mean, to be fair, none of that is new. WWE did it twice. Uh, TNA, have they, is it a storyline that's been featured in TNA before? Have they done um, Jeff versus Matt before? Kind of. They've, I mean, Matt, Jeff was out with a broken leg for a long time, yeah. and especially when Matt was kind of reaching. I mean, he, Matt's had a really good run, I think, in TNA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, when he went to TNA the first time, when he was like cold blooded Matt Hardy with the weird, um, like, not dreads, the braids. Yeah, yeah. With the blonde bits. I think Jeff was world champion at that point. That was during the Immortal era, mm-hmm. and then maybe that was after Victory Road where he'd been. In rehab, yeah. So I think, yeah. to be honest, they haven't had a whole lot of interaction apart from the reunion of the Hardys that they did um, with the Dudleys and with the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they're doing this thing where Matt's just kind of like gone off the deep end and and it's kind of like changed the way that he speaks. And he's like, "Brother Nero." There was some very weird accents going on. I th- I thought the video was really funny. I think a lot of people did. The reaction oh, there's been to a lot it of parodies been... where like. Jeff walks into the room and Matt's just playing something like ridiculous. Like, Thomas yeah, the Tank Engine. Yeah, and I've heard the keyboard cat as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, my initial instinct was like, okay, this is very strange. I mean, the thing is, right, here's the thing. That is exactly the kind of stuff that people praise Lucha Underground for. Like, oh, they're just doubling down on the narrative soap opera side of it. Like, yeah. kudos to them. That is exactly what TNA have done here. Let's not forget that. But it's just a bit shit. That's why it's just a big nap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit, a bit too weird. much. I mean, the baby was very weird. The the table bump as well. Like what the yeah, hell? Like that, that was, was super weird. Really? And when, when Jeff goes to run into the ring, the way Matt like scrambles out with his like, bow legs is just hilarious. Oh shit! Yeah, and he, he like he hits, like can't get out of the. He like rope. hits his yeah. gut a little bit on the yeah. bottom rope, and he's yeah. There's some awkward camera shots because there's the bit where Jeff. I think Matt stood right by the rope. Jeff goes to roll in and Matt's already rolling out. And obviously yeah. within the time frame, like the, the way it's cut, Matt couldn't have got across the yeah, ring to yeah. get out. Um, so there's a couple of bits. I know in the Colt Cabana reaction one, there's one he says like, wasn't he on the other side of the rope and then cuts through the rope? He's not. His arm's leaning mm. over the top. But there is some very awkward bits. And that weird rock bottom through what essentially looks well, like it's a supposed huge... to be a side effect, I think. 
But yeah. Matt just couldn't really commit to landing on his ass because his ass is broken from doing leg drops for his entire career. <laughs> but I think it, the idea was that it was a side effect, I think. I don't think you can say it was anything. But <laughs> if it was meant to be a side effect, it was meant to be a side effect. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hey. But it was just a weird selection for a table. I suppose you work with what you got. So it's those but two it looked like a big Slammiversary, is it? Yeah. That's, it looked like a big like cable reel. Yeah. That yeah, sort yeah. of coffee table where it's just a cylindrical yeah, sort of yeah. support in the middle. Really strange. I mean, that would have hurt like fuck. So I'm glad they didn't take a stupid bump. But then this is a guy who did do a front flip off a cage onto some steel steps. So, you know, mwah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I kind of don't have anywhere near remotely high hopes for that match at Slammiversary. Their matches mm. that they had during the end of both their WWE runs were, were pretty mediocre. Oh, WrestleMania 25 and, yeah, not great. Yeah, well, I mean, Surprise, I, Matt pulled out the W at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Just the steel chair, that was yeah. pretty sick. Yeah, but then uh, he got put through a table that he was like... Oh, he was taped to it in a quit taped. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Jeff did it anyway. Yeah. And did a, yeah. like a thing over the ladder. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a leg drop, but just kind of asked him and then was stood up. Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. But now... TNA in general has been better capable. this year. They've had a ratings increase. I'm glad that they've had a ratings increase because I think it does reflect the fact that the creative has been better. You know, and, and Matt Hardy's been good. I also think that putting the, the belt on Galloway is a really good deal. I think Galloway's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think he's one of those guys who doesn't have that whole, oh, TNA just signing WWE guys, probably because he went to ICW yeah. before he went to TNA and kind of established that he's, no, 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 this is a new, fresh kind yeah, of uh, character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that that really helped TNA, to be fair, and also yeah. Galloway. And, and seeing that they had so many, so many talent leave, they're actually not doing too badly. Yeah, yeah, I mean... We've spoken about TNA enough on this podcast. They're just—they're never going to get rid of that TNA stank. Unfortunately, not. They need to rebrand again, which they only just did. To be fair, when they went to Pop TV, um, well, not actually. It was a big rebrand against Destination America, yeah, which didn't go too well, obviously, for them. But I mean, there, there's no reason why TNA shouldn't be a competitive indie company. Or even, you know, in the indie in the sense of the Ring of Honor's indie. Yeah, yeah, it's owned yeah. by Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah. Um, TNA being good is only good for pro wrestling. Oh, it's yeah, only yeah. good yeah. for the fans. It's only good for the wrestlers. It's only good for the whole thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. for us having another wrestling show to watch, Without- an alternative for people to go to, and someone like a Drew McIntyre Galloway going and getting a second shot and being their world champion, like that can only be a good thing. Yeah, so when totally. people shit all over TNA, and this happens a lot online, it happens a lot online with everything, but you know, it happens a lot with TNA. People just shit on everything online. Pretty much. <laughs> but when people shit on TNA online, I always think like, ah, come on, like, it has been better. Well, the thing is, without the success of TNA, we wouldn't have people like AJ Styles, we wouldn't have people like Samoa Joe, we wouldn't have people like Bobby Roos. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, James Storm, Eric Young, yeah. um, the fact that the addiction killing it in Ring of Honor yeah you know the fact that they got together in TNA yeah. then they went to Ring of Honor it was a big deal because they were in TNA yeah, yeah. Um, there's plenty of good things that come out of TNA it's just recently they haven't been able to to sustain the momentum that they've they yeah. created which is a shame but let's hope that they can do that moving forward so let's do our, our last bit of what's happened now and then we'll move on to thoughts on the on the future I guess the last thing that's happened is TakeOver. Before we hit TakeOver, let's talk about, I want to just touch on Cody leaving. Oh shit, yeah. We should, because we should I don't think that we spoke about that. Well, no, no. Um, so yeah, he's gone. 
from from Dom Dolly asked for his release, and, and he's already had a match scheduled with Angle. Yeah, and there was another one, and I've forgotten who the hell it was. He's been booked on some like really either Evolve or I think he's been booked on some Evolve shows already. As well he's as on a Wrestle Pro show, and I can't remember who the hell he's facing, and I'm really annoyed that I can't remember it. Uh, someone listening to this probably knows. Whatever. He's obviously crossing people off that list, which is really, really good. The fact that he crossed Angle off so soon as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a shame that Angle hasn't been picked up again by WWE or even NXT. It would be pretty sick. I think he's too old and too... Broken? Yeah. Yeah. WWE I love Angle, just though. I love that, Angle, so... Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Nothing, absolutely nothing against Angle. But you got to believe WWE look at him and they just go, not worth the risk. Yeah, maybe not. Um, so with Cody... What do you think? Are you disappointed? No, because I, I he tried and made Stardust way better than it would have been with anyone else under that bodysuit. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. But he was he well, from what he said in his sort of elongated post about his uh, release, is that he wanted to come back as Cody Rose. He's been pitching to come back as Cody Rose and he was even teasing it on Stardust's social media accounts yeah. right up until he got released doing all these pictures where he's like half in the Stardust face yeah. and half Cody in a suit. Like, and and from what we understand from his post, he, he was like actively saying like, let me come back as Cody yeah. Rose. Give me one more chance. I can be the guy. And they Pitching were just like, ideas yeah. And, and they were just like, nah. So I don't understand it. Yeah. Truly don't understand it. I think the, one of the most consistent performers over the past five years is Cody Rhodes. Yeah. It may be, it may be even longer than five years because he had... He, and the thing is, he's gone through that evolution as a character that so few people go through these days. And I think when people look back at the Attitude Era, and it was such a short space of time, really, but there were so many character changes and so many yeah. big evolutionary character changes within that period. Yeah, yeah the, I, I think he's one of the only people within the past 10 years has really gone through that process. He's been Cody Rhodes, but different iterations of him. Exactly. Yeah. And very distinct iterations of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you had Legacy, you had Well, you had, you had the kind of the rookie as well, yeah. I suppose, right at the start with yeah. Parker Holly. Yeah. Then you had Legacy. Yeah. And then it was Dash and Cody Rhodes. Then it was Undash and Cody Rhodes. Then it, then was, it was a mustache. Yeah. Um, and Team Rhodes Scholars. Yeah. And then you went into Brotherhood, Cody yeah. Rhodes, with Gold Dust, and then you hit Stardust. I mean, that's seven. And that started in 2007. So within nine years, he's had seven. that mustache. Yeah, he's had seven. He even hated the mustache. I mean, that was not his idea. That was a gimmick that was given to him to have a mustache. Really? Yes. I mean, he fucking rocked that tash. Yeah. I mean, this is Dude this made this that work. And how many interviews did you see where it was Stardust in character? The Stephen Amell stuff where he's in character. Yeah. This guy... I mean, he he if went if to like was... comic conventions dressed as Stardust walking yeah. through the crowd. Like, If this is a guy who hated the gimmick that he was given, but he's putting that much into it, what the fuck could he have done with a gimmick that he would loved? What would he have done with his ideas that he was pitching? That's what pisses me off because this guy has proven himself to be a company guy. He's doing yeah. this. He's, he's giving Talented it his all. beyond belief. And he and can wrestle as well, more than anything. He's believable. Yeah. And, me, and, and again, and he's got great lineage, he's got great legacy. WWE love that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's his downfall. You hear it all the time in jobs where people like, you know, you almost do too much. You're too dependable. You're too reliable. The people don't want you to leave so that position. Yeah. yeah. Also that, but don't want you to leave the position that you're in. If Cody is such a reliable enhancement talent, they how many of them do they have? Yeah. You know, and, and maybe it's just a case of if, uh, I don't know, I, I was, don't work in WWE, never have done, but maybe if he just said, you know what, no, nah, fuck off, I ain't doing that. Plenty of people have in the past. 
maybe yeah. that could have been the way forward. Yeah. But, you know, fair play to the guy for working a gimmick that he didn't like for so long and doing such an amazing job. I think he's going to go on to do great things. Whether he so. remains independent or whether he signs with somebody like New Japan and joins I, I the I don't Club see him in New whether... Japan. I, no, think, I think there has to be a big change in his in-ring style. Yeah. He's very WWE, but then that's because he's been there since, like, obviously he joined in 2007 and he was very, very green. Yeah. So he's developed that style. But maybe, I mean, I'd love to see him in New Japan. I'd love to see him... Um, I'd love to see him in TNA, even. I mean, him going in and doing a Drew Galloway kind of deal. That's not a bad shout. Yeah, yeah, very true. We shall see. We shall see. Um, the other thing is Brock Lesnar. This is insane news. Brock, Brock Lesnar, Lesnar is going to be fighting Mark Hunt at UFC 200. It's been all over social media. It's been all over every news outlet that covers wrestling or sports or MMA. So there's no way that you don't know about it by now. If you're hearing this for the first time for some strange reason... Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt at UFC 200. Yes, he's still under contract to WWE and WWE have advertising to be at SummerSlam. Yeah, well, you you got to believe that basically WWE went, we want this person and they went, okay, we want Lesnar. Yeah, I reckon that's how it yeah, went. Yeah, i got to believe there's a talent deal here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, WWE it's, are getting something back. Either that... It's McGregor or Rousey to me. I know that they were teasing um, Paige Van... Oh, what's her name? Paige Van... Yeah, I don't, I don't know her name, yeah. Someone else who followed Another the name more than me. Um, I've got to believe it's got to be Rousey or McGregor. With yeah. McGregor signed to fight... Tay uh, uh, again, I didn't see that happening. Tate, no. Oh, fucking hell. Nate um, Diaz, rather. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be some kind of talent swap. But the thing is, UFC 200 is not that long before SummerSlam. No, it's not. So, if Lesnar loses and gets the fuck beaten out of him, he may not be medically cleared to to fight at SummerSlam. So, it's a, I think WWE are kind of banking on Lesnar winning this fight. And it's a real tough one because before they'd announced who his opponent was going to be, I thought that they would just kind of throw someone to Lesnar so it'd be an exhibition match, it'd be for buy rates on UFC 200, um, and Lesnar, Lesnar could just, just beat him, some, yeah. could beat some kind of middle-ranked heavyweight, yeah. and then it would be like, hey, Lesnar came back and had a had a fight that's amazing, and it would be good for everyone, good for WWE because Lesnar goes back to the octagon, continues winning, not continues winning, he didn't like he didn't win the last ones, but goes back to winning. Mm-hmm. Good for UFC because Lesnar is still the biggest draw they've ever had, mm-hmm. um, and good for good for Lesnar because he gets out of his system maybe, or he's able to strike a deal with UFC and WWE. Yeah. Um, but it is absolutely crazy news. If we thought that AJ Styles coming in from New Japan, wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom and then wrestling at WrestleMania was crazy, this is crazy. Yeah. The wrestling world over the past two years is just fucking flipped upside down. Wide open. Now. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely wide open. And it's and it's the smartest thing. This is what we've been saying for years between us. This is what wrestling fans have been saying. Analysts, critics, reporters, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling insiders, you know, anybody that has looked at the history of pro wrestling and MMA or the history of pro wrestling and boxing or the history of, of different sports, or even if it's the same sport, different companies cross promotion is always a good thing for both companies. And while WWE is such a massive company, cross promotion is still good for them. Yeah. How no, can absolutely. it not be? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've got the pay-per-view appeal of UFC where that they, okay, before they switched to the network, they were outselling WWE on pay-per-view every single month. Yeah. UFC has exploded and it is only good for WWE to try and, jump on that a little bit yeah 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 i mean it does beg the question of a will lesnar just come back as a sort of exhibition match at SummerSlam, or is there going to be some kind of program leading into it like who do you think 
Lesnar will face at SummerSlam should he actually compete at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We've had this conversation as well about who, who, who even is left to face Lesnar. I mean, because here's the thing: the obvious right? choice is at AJ. The obvious choice again is Kevin Owens, someone like that. But really, I think they're running out of high caliber, high draw opponents for Brock Lesnar. And we've both said that we're not that bothered about Lesnar. No, I, I, I mean, honestly, could done, not see him compete again in WWE because. I am bored of Suplex City now. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't well. enjoy the fights that he's in anymore because yeah. it's always just, it seems a given that he's just going to win now. Like, who's going to beat Lesnar clean? If he beat The Undertaker clean, and The Undertaker has been built as this phenomenal force. Especially at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So, who beats and he Lesnar? Beat John Cena. Yeah, who beats Lesnar clean? I mean, I've got to say, it's going to be Roman Reigns, and I think it's going to be a SummerSlam. I think it's going to be a Roman Lesnar rematch because we didn't have that. The triple threat was there with Ambrose, but we never had a one-on-one rematch. So I've got to believe that's what it's going to be. And especially if Lesnar comes off the heels of being Mark Hunt. That's now, the thing. This if, is, if he this comes is in a winner, then he is even stronger than he's ever been before. He left WWE, beating Ambrose, goes and legit kicks the shit out of Mark Hunt. And then comes back to WWE. How on earth do you position anyone to beat him? If Reigns beats him, if, if Reigns is still at the point I mean, he is yeah, now, I mean, just he will. Booed. Oh my god! Can you imagine Roman beating Lesnar clean at SummerSlam after beating the shit out of Mark Hunt? Oh my god! The reaction. Yeah. The reaction. I really hope that doesn't happen. My God. I mean, if Lesnar loses to Mark Hunt, then you can have Roman Reigns beat Lesnar. Yeah. But then the, the kind but then of the, Lesnar looks weak as fuck. Yeah, because then this kind of mythical aura that you put Bill up with Lesnar about him being a destroyer. He's he still is a destroyer, mm. but it, when he loses, it's not going to be quite as as big. I mean, Lesnar came back after losing in UFC, and he was still a destroyer. Obviously, all the UFC fans went, "Well, yeah, he shouldn't have got a title shot so early." Oh, he didn't even. I mean, he's four and three in the MMA. It's not like he's not it's not great. He's either going to go five and three or four and four. It's not a great record. He's not undefeated. No. I mean, no. he didn't have a long run particularly in UFC. I mean, I suppose long in to be that many fights. He only had no. seven fights. So, eh, I just... I'm just kind of not really interested in Brock Lesnar anymore, to be honest with you. I, I think him going to UFC might be the best thing. I mean, he's 38. He's getting on. Mark Hunt's not a young guy either. But what is really interesting about this fight is Mark Hunt is a knockout specialist. Mark Hunt just rocks people. He has beaten some seriously notable names you wouldn't expect him to beat. And right. he's, he just knocks people out. If Mark Hunt can knock out Lesnar faster than Lesnar can take Mark Hunt down, well, if, sorry, if he, can, if he can hit Lesnar before Lesnar takes him down, then Mark Hunt's probably going to win. If Lesnar gets Mark Hunt off his feet, then... Well, it's like you said, Lesnar's going to go straight for the double leg take. That's down. what I think is going to yeah. happen. I straight think, I think as soon as the, ma- the, the fight starts, I think Lesnar's going to go explosive in, double leg takedown. And if Mark Hunt can land a right hook or something as Lesnar's coming in, I think it's done. I don't see it being a long fight unless Lesnar's planning on just stand-up game against Mark Sweet. Hunt. But how is Lesnar going to beat Mark Hunt in stand-up? I'm not saying Lesnar doesn't have knockout power. He does. But... His power is Lesnar with his is, weight going down people, on you. Yeah, Lesnar yeah. is it was known for knocking people down and then beating them once they're on the ground. Not just stand up knockout. Mm-hmm. That's not Lesnar's game. Never he's has not been. a striker. In the, in I the think he's really rounded, but, but Lesnar yeah. is a wrestler. Lesnar's an amateur wrestler. That is Lesnar. 
And I think that he, I think that it's just too much of a dangerous strategy to stand there and to trade blows with Mark Hunt. Now, I am, I'm an MMA fan casually. I'm not an, any sort of authority on this sort of stuff. But yeah, from what I've seen, what Mark Hunt can do and Lesnar, I'm really worried that Lesnar's just going to get his ass kicked. And then I worry about what that means for him in WWE. Well, that's the thing. It's a bit of a weird gamble for WWE to make, to, to just roll the dice on this beast gimmick that they've built for the past 24 months through Lesnar. Like, it's a weird, weird gamble for them to take. Like, it could just destroy his entire gimmick. I really worry as well that... Where's I going to go with this? Okay, let's just go with a different point. Like, okay, so... so Lesnar, even if Lesnar leaves, whatever, who is it that you think is going to come in from UFC? If it is a talent trade, I know where I was going to go with it, sorry. What I'm worried about is the fact that WWE, we'll go back to that question in a second, I, I worry that they fucked Lesnar off. He has not been booked very well recently. He hasn't been booked particularly credible opponents. He hasn't been booked that great, in my opinion. I enjoyed his program with Ambrose. Oh, yeah. At the beginning, I did. Like when he when he came in, uh, was it the raw after Fast Lane and like put him through the oh yeah, yeah that, that cool. car yeah, yeah, like yeah. that was that was cool. Yeah. Then it did kind of devolve into a bit of a man. By the time the match came around, I was really amped for it, and then the match didn't deliver at no, all. No, no, because they used all these ridiculous yeah. gimmicks and toys and yeah. <laughs> toys. My call. Um, <laughs> yeah, my concern is that through booking Lesnar on kind of all these extra shows and house shows and stuff, maybe you just piss the guy off. Maybe he's just not interested. He's been back for four years. Wow. Been that long. Which is a surprise. Obviously, he goes off for a long time and comes back again, but still four years. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 38. How much longer is he going to keep going? He's doing it for money. He said this. He's not doing it for the love of it. Does he love wrestling? Not really. He does it because he gets paid to beat people up. Yeah. I mean, he obviously enjoys it somewhat, but he's not like somebody like styles where wrestling is their life no, Lesnar yeah. goes to work he beats yeah. people up but the funny thing is he, he actually does beat people up in WWE they just allow it whoever he's in the ring with is just like I'm going to take a beating now and that's, yeah. that's it that's just in that. UFC they'll try and stop it but Lesnar just gets paid to beat people up regardless of whether it's scripted or not yeah how much longer is he going to do it I don't I, the thing is I'm Honestly, as long as he I'm, keeps getting paid, I'm, probably. I'm at the point where I just don't care. Yeah. Like, if Lesnar never came back, if that was his last match in WWE against Ambrose, like, meh. Yeah. I kind of, like... That's cool. Yeah. No worries. That's fine. I definitely don't want him to be world champ again. Fuck that noise. No way. No? No, 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 no. He needs to be... I want the new era. Leave him. Leave him in the old era. I don't want people from the new era having to now go and fight somebody like Lesnar because they'll lose. Because they're new guys, and then it just discredits them. Yeah. Because then they've just been in a really long, or maybe short, program that they've just lost. Yeah. Like, Ambrose was hot as fuck. White hot Ambrose was going into fast lane and the match that he had with Triple H at Roadblock. Yeah. And then, all gone. Yeah. Because of his program, Lesnar, all gone. Yeah. Stuffed out. Yeah. Well, It's okay. weird. It's weird because... If Lesnar loses, then it makes the entire roster look weak. It makes him look soft. Yeah. Yeah. All right, move, moving on from Lesnar, let's touch on Ambrose. We'll leave TakeOver until the end. We'll wrap up with TakeOver. Okay. Not start. Wrap up. Let's go from Ambrose and his program to Lesnar with what he's doing right now. Okay. And that is being one of the competitors in the Money in the Bank. And I don't know about you, but the build-up 
to the money in the bank. I've, I've enjoyed more than I have done for a long time. Yeah. Because there's been a build-up of notable names. Like, all of the guys... That, and it's really interesting, because all of these guys went straight from the IC title scene, competing with The Miz, yeah. to going straight into the money in the bank. I don't, yeah, you said, where's Miz? Don't know. Yeah, I don't know where The Miz is. No. Yeah. Missed Miz, missed Maurice this week. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, back on back onto the money in the bank. And, I, and I've enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's interesting... Del Rio, I don't. I think he's in there because they kind of don't know what else to do with him. He's not going to win the briefcase again. He's no, no, no. Be... But that's fine. Yeah. I'm happy with it. I like yeah. that Del Rio is on his own. I like his promos again. Yeah. I I really liked when he was backstage with Sami Zayn. It felt there's a promo. I don't know if you've watched this far in Lucha Underground. Maybe not. Del no, Rio in there. No. Okay. So there's a backstage bit with Johnny Mundo. From yeah. Morrison. Yeah. Um, Del Rio comes in and he's kind of like saying, "Hey, so." Uh, yeah, you haven't won the big one, have you? You just you keep trying, but you just can't do it. And he's just winding him up, and he's then he's just like, "Hey, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, don't get mad. I'm just saying." Yeah. And it felt a little bit like that to start with, where he comes in and he's just like, "Does hey. he have his Hispanic accent in Lucha Underground?" Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think it's just the way he talks. I don't think it is. What? I think it is definitely amplified. Definitely, I don't think that is his legit accent. Really? The way that Del Rio talks. No, I don't think You think so. that he's just like, hey, Del Rio, ready? Get me out, I'm on my way. And, and then he comes out just like... Oh, right, okay, yeah. You weren't, you weren't trying to be Hispanic. Then. No, okay, no, no. Okay, yeah. You do, I'm on my way, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there in two minutes. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so Del Rio's in there. Jericho's in there. Um, uh, I've been enjoying Jericho immensely more since... <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I just I just love the whole... Like, I've won one. Man. Oh, yeah, I've won one. The first Which one? one? First one. Sixth one? With, with the first one or the sixth one? Sixth one. Oh, well, no, hang on, we need to address this. Where did you win it? Apple? Did you just say Apple, Appleton? <laughs> you won it in Appleton. The Big Apple? Oh, now it's the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really good. Really, really good. But just the fact that you know because of the competitors in that match, it can't not deliver. No. Like, if, if stupid you think about getting over, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah He's going to have to stop it. saying stupid idiot because it's really getting over. Yeah. Unless he flips it. Like um, Daniel Bryan did with the yes and the no chance originally. Yeah, yeah. Jericho's good enough to do that. We'll see. I, I just, I, I always enjoy heel Jericho. Yeah, and so it's just funny. great, just great. Yeah. Now it's like he's, he's like comical heel. Yeah. And, and I'm really enjoying it. He's like you've got, he's perfect folly. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got also Cesaro, uh, Zayn, and Owens in there. Yeah. Great. Like, what a batch of competitors. <laughs> Owens is so funny as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you speak Spanish, well done. Yeah. <laughs> or when Jericho's like, we, oui, that's French. And Owens like, I know. <laughs> Just think of the spots that are going to go down in that match. Good Lord, it's going to be so good. Yeah, and even from a storyline perspective, you've got these different feuds that have built up. So it's really interesting. You've got, like, you've had the backstage friction between, like, Owens and Jericho. Owens is like, I thought we were cool. And Jericho's like, no. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got obviously Owens and Zayn. You've got, um, uh, got Ambrose Owens and Jericho. And Ambo, uh, Ambrose and Owens as well, yeah. who have had yeah. beef in the past. Cesaro is kind of yeah. like, uh, he's probably a little bit outside of it. Del Rio has inserted himself into this. Yeah. Him and Sammy obviously have had a back and forth yeah. now. Cesaro's had a thing with Owens and yeah. Sammy and yeah, Ambro- it's all oh, really Ambrose. Good. Jericho as well, yeah. a couple of matches. Yeah. They've really done a great job of intertwining the six people into it. There was originally going to be a seventh. They've and obviously dropped yeah. the seventh. 
I wonder who the seventh was going to be. I don't think it matters. I think the reason that they dropped it, yeah. originally it felt like the seventh person was going to be a surprise, like a uh, return uh, or somebody that was going to be a big deal. Like a call-up maybe. Or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, or a return, Randy Orton returning yeah. or something, or maybe it would have been the person who'd won it. Yeah. And I think that had that been the case, they would have kept a seventh. But I think maybe they just went at it and said, we're going to have seven. We actually don't have a seventh. But if it's nobody that's going to add value to the match... Let's keep it how it is, because this is working. Is. Yeah, yeah, rather than add someone else into yeah, true, true. it. I think seven is... I mean, it is an odd number, but I mean, odd yeah, like, yeah, as well. Yeah. No, I know, you I know. know. So, okay, your pick to win it. Ambrose. Because yeah, you're quite sure of that, whereas for me... I'll, I don't want him I, to I can win see it. him winning it. Of course I can see him winning it, but it does feel like there's room for something else to go down there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Ambrose, but... <laughs> Yeah. I don't want him to win it. I want Owens to win it. Yeah. But it's going to be Ambrose. Because yeah. you've still got the Reigns-Rollins deal going on and having Ambrose with the briefcase inserts him into that picture. world title feud again. Yeah, and I think he probably needs that. After you said, after Lesnar, he's really gone off boiling point. Not his fault at all. No, Just no. booking has not been great for Ambrose. He's still winning on Raw. I, 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 it makes me so sad that he's beating Owens clean most weeks. But, okay. I think he's going to win it. And I think he needs to win it because I'm worried that he's not going to reach that level of popularity. He's not going to be that over yeah, again. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is the best way of doing it. That's true. I, I think he needs it more than anyone else. Because if I think about it, like obviously I would love Owens to win it. But I think what's going to happen is Sammy is going to foil Owens winning it. And then they're going to go back into the program again. One-on-one on one at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, one-on-one on one at SummerSlam. And it will just be this insane match. There is one pay-per-view beforehand, isn't battleground, there? Battleground. It is yeah, Battleground, okay. Yeah, battleground. So, yeah, so we've got to kind of traverse Battleground first. Yeah. Traverse yeah. the Battleground. Oh. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the world title picture, obviously we've got Roman and Seth. And uh, I've heard a lot of things online. Obviously, it's just, you know, theories. But a lot of people think Dean is going to pull a cane and win it, cash in that night. Oh, sick. And That'd then, be really cool. Well, uh, uh, apart from the fact that he'll only be in there to take the pinfall from Roman. So Roman can stay champ. And Seth, again, has this like, oh, well, come on. No, no. You mean like, no, 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 yeah, no, Yeah, I think no. Dean, uh, what I've You think he's going to win the briefcase, cash in and lose that night? Yeah. No. No. It could happen. WWE have screwed us over worse in the past. No. <laughs> nah. Okay. I want it to happen. Well, the thing is, though, how, what kind of shenaniganery is going to go down in the main event? Oh, you could do anything. You double count out. You double yeah. disqualification. Someone going to interfere. Yeah. I loads of shit. Yeah, true, true. There's loads of ideas. Like, Rollins can cheat to win, and then the ref reverses the decision and disqualifies Rollins, but Reigns keeps the belt. Like, Rollins could could take the top turnbuckle pad off, like, smash Roman into it, tights, one, two, three. Rollins is celebrating, and then the ref's, like, notices the pads on the floor, and it's like, wait a minute, what did you do? And then he's like, you're disqualified. And then Rollins can be like... No, I won. I won, and and obviously everyone's like, no, Reigns won because you were disqualified because you cheated. It's people immense. would still boo Reigns about. Yeah, it would, yeah, but it's still it cements Rollins yeah. as a heel. He's doing heelish things to beat Reigns. Reigns doesn't lose clean. He gets he gets fucked over because he he cheats. But then Rollins can be like, no, I I won. You can't reverse the decision after the match. Um, there's there's loads of ways you can go about this, and even like it depends what you're doing the next month. You can set up other stuff. I'm really interested to see 
Double pinfall, even. Yeah. I'm really interested to see Rollins' first match back and how, slash, if he's changed up his in-ring style at all. I heard he's wearing a really big knee brace. That's what I've heard as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably just precautionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, I, I, like, a psychological thing rather yeah. than him actually needing the knee brace. I mean... Yeah, you've you got to believe that he wouldn't have been allowed back because, obviously, WWE have, like, pinned, like, you know, probably a 10-year plan based on Rollins yeah. and Reigns. So they, yeah. they wouldn't let him back. back. He's, he's good back. to go. Yeah. yeah. And we saw on the uh, the E60, is that what it was? Not E60, it was 24. I haven't seen that yet. What is it? What am I WWE 24. Yeah. Right, okay, because yeah. the E something, well, that was... That was the NXT thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. On there, it's got Rollins, like, doing the... Uh, he's, like, rolling into the ring. He's, like, standing up. He's doing, like... He does a pedigree right. on someone as well. He jumps and lands on his knees and stuff right. in the ring in the performance center. So, obviously... <laughs> Imagine if he just okay. did that. Scream down, pain... And then that was just like it. He just fucked himself. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that would be awful. Um, what did you think about the fact that on Raw neither Rollins or Reigns were there? I think they needed it because I don't think they obviously they've decided really that did. Rollins is not going to wrestle until Money in the Bank. Um, and their segment the week before where Rollins was like running to and from the ring that was awful. And it, it was a bit flat. awkward. Um, so I, they probably just don't really have anything else for them to do. So. Something will happen next week where one of them ends up coming out. Like they're not gonna. I don't think either of them will wrestle. Or, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with yeah. that, and I think it's a really, really cool thing to do. There's so much talent right now. You don't really need them both on the show. They had the promo, the vignette, the yeah. setup, and actually, it was very interesting the way that they'd done that because it was almost the presence was still felt. Like, yeah, 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 but they didn't need to be there, and I think that's really, really clever. Um, when they did the Rollins video, they used parts of it from the. Special they yeah, did on his return, so. yeah. Um, and they didn't do a very good job of making me want to boo him. Exactly, that's my <laughs> point. So I think that the people that that already love him will just love him more for that, yeah. for watching it because of the sympathy. I think the people that hate him, they did enough of reminding you of what he's said since he's come back mm. to remind you that he's still being a dick. Yeah, yeah. And I think right. this is probably where they're going with it now. I think the traditional babyface, traditional heel, I think is a thing of the past. Yeah, and I don't think that there's going to be that sort of very obvious divide anymore. You I mean, if you think about that. if you think about all of the feuds with, that are going on right now, I think the only one that has traditional heel and traditional face is Rusev and Titus O'Neil. America yeah. versus not America, and that's only because America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But apart from that, they, they are all just this guy's angry. This guy's angry. They both have reasons for being angry. Yeah. Both you pick each which one over. you yeah. want to, yeah. which is again, borrowing this stuff from UFC really. Yeah. You know, or just reality. Everyone thinks they're right when they do these things. I mean, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. But I mean, in terms of combat sport, having two people just go, Hey, this is my opinion. Yeah, this is your yeah. opinion. You pick your thing. That's yeah. pretty much what UFC have prided themselves on. Yeah. They haven't tried to spin anybody as a, as a good guy, bad guy, whatever, but they have, you, I mean, especially someone like Conor McGregor. Yeah. is definitely cutting promos. Yeah. He doesn't believe everything he's saying. No. He's just trying to get people amped up about yeah. it. And I think that it's like a really interesting way of going about it in the future. And I know it's something that we even spoke about years ago, saying that and that, that you don't have to have everything so black and white anymore. No. You know? You and can't. if people if people want to boo I mean, it's a very organic reaction. As much as people say, Well, if he's being booed, he should be turned heel, he's being cheered by women and children. Okay, let's strip that's aside. Just, that's just that's what's, what's happening. happening. That's, I mean, 
in the scripted world of pro wrestling, the reaction to Roman Reigns is the most organic, realistic thing that's happening. And it's this, it's this really weird dichotomy. I was saying this to Soph last night. Um, when people chant, you fucked up, you fucked up, they're like, ah, you fucked up, you made a mistake. The irony there is that what the, the bit that they're calling them out on is actually the most real part of the choreographed yeah. fight that they're having. Yeah. The fact that they made a mistake yeah. is the most real thing. Because people so make mistakes them, in fights and yeah, that's exactly, how they lose fights. Exactly. In UFC, people make a mistake and they get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. and then to then turn around and be like, you fucked up, yeah. ha ha ha, yeah, you, would you never made do a mistake. That in UFC. You're like, yeah. well, the mistake is the most realistic thing. So really, that thing could happen in that choreographed setting, which it did. So don't, don't be like, oh, you fucked up, you fucked up. No, that's the, that's the most real part. Yeah. Yeah, totally true. It's really weird when you think about it like that, but that's the case. Yeah. And when you see that, that can happen, because it did happen. Yeah. So it's just part of it. Just fucking accept it. Don't, just don't you fucked up. I hate that shit. Yeah. No, no, but, totally true. But, going back to what we were saying, what happens to Rollins Reigns? Well, I I think you're right. It could be any. I don't really know, to be honest with you, because neither of them can lose clean right now. If Reigns loses clean, then he loses the belt. And Rollins definitely is going to lose clean on his return match back. So there's just going to be some kind of shenanigans, basically. Think? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm with you with shenanigans. I'm not entirely convinced that one of them won't lose clean. But shenanigans, sure. Yeah. I, I don't really know where else they'd go afterwards. I think there's got to be something that... Keeps the, that keeps the the um. Well, the, obviously, the going. The, yeah, I because the food, the food going. <laughs> I, I think they will have a, a match. I think it's going to be a three series. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think they'll including have a, at SummerSlam. Yeah, definitely. So do you think the Rollins will win at SummerSlam? Yeah. Reigns will have the traditional WrestleMania through SummerSlam. Towering. Towering. Yeah. He's going to lose it to Rollins at SummerSlam. I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So. Let's move on to the next bit then. Uh, take over the end. Yeah. Take we, over. We literally just finished watching it. I mean, I uh, literally a couple of hours ago. Take over the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning. What a great name. Um, what? I, I tell you what, top to bottom, it was an amazing pay-per-view. Like really, really, really enjoyed it. From the opening match of Ty Dillinger versus the debuting Andrade Almas. Really yeah. good. When when Andrade was suspended up on the rope and I super kicked him right. Oh my right god! Right in the face. That was so good. Ty and Dillinger is over as fuck as yeah. well, which is really cool. Yeah, and he, he's even winning me over. And I used to hate the guy. This is a guy that's shouting at him. A number's not a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Which it's that was so funny. Um, but yeah, he, I don't like you, Ty Dillinger. I don't, I don't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I mean. He's making the gimmick work for him. The fans are responding to it. He has taken over the um, Tyler Breeze slash Sami Zayn slash veteran. CJ Parker. Yeah, like veteran of NXT. Like um, he gets to face the big guys when they come in, or one of them, which is which is cool. It's a cool spot for him. Whether he remains in there or whether he goes up to the main roster in the upcoming draft, we'll we'll see. I think it's too soon. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of NXT talent that's going to get moved up in the draft. We haven't really touched on that because that happened after the that's last a podcast. whole another podcast. We're not going to do a draft on now, but in terms of a draft, I'm really excited about it. I think it's a really cool move. And I think differentiating the two shows and the two brands again, in creating in-house competition can only be a good thing. 
Um, we've seen the in-house competition that NXT has created for WWE, and I think that's been really positive. So seeing that again, having the former NXT head writer coming up to write for SmackDown is a really, really positive step forward. It shows that they're also not only um, promoting the, the the wrestlers and the talent on the roster from NXT, but they're also they're also promoting oh, yeah. everybody from yeah, NXT. Well, it's a development for for all. In the E60 documentary, you you had Triple H talk about how. This isn't just for the superstars. Like, you know, you've got things like the production crew, the, yeah. the camera guys, the referees. Like, they are all going to need to be superseded at some point. And NXT is the breeding ground for it all, which is, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, really, really exciting. Cool. So, but, but back onto that match, what did you think of Andrade Armas then? What did you really think of Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I think he, he's a very cool looking guy. I really like the look without the mask, but still wearing the luchador esque tights and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, yeah, I think, I think it was quite fresh. I think he's probably got big things ahead of him, given the fact that he's, a goddamn gorgeous son of a bitch. Like, yeah, he, he that dude was wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but I think that that's a really good thing. I know we spoke before about there being some concern that all of these names were coming in and they weren't given new gimmicks. They weren't given a new name. They weren't given any of those things. So seeing that the guy's got a new name, seeing that he's got a fresh look in comparison to what mm-hmm. he had, um, I can't really comment on the moveset too much. I didn't see a whole lot of it in, in, in CMLL. Um, so I'm positive. I feel really positive about that because yeah. the be difference, interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah, the whether, difference whether it's going to be like a program with Ty. Yeah, we'll see. I, mean, yeah, we'll I see. mean, we'll see what happens. I yeah. think it might be a case of Nakamura where he's going to be on NXT in a couple of weeks, yeah. and they'll build something up out of it. Then for Fergal Devitt, the change going to Finn Balor was a much bigger change than I think any of us appreciated that it would be, and I think that that is a really positive thing. I think no matter how big you you were somewhere else, WWE, even in NXT, will always make you bigger. When you get the WWE machine behind you, no matter how big of a star you thought, no matter the recognition, the accolades that you've accumulated throughout your career, no matter where you've been, you will only get bigger in WWE. So I think being able to bring in established names, established talent, and going, it's that guy that you saw from here, but... Look what we've done with him. Yeah, no, totally true. Fresh coat of paint. Totally true. And that's what that achieved for Andrade Armour. So, yeah, both really excited for what he's got coming. But on to the next match, which for me was the match of the evening. Just, ah, oh, there are no words for how good the tag team title match was. Yeah. I, there are I mean, no words. I mean, both these teams have been so consistent <sighs> for months. For both uh, of them. Months and months and months. They've been great. And I, I think that... Even These are the say, two teams that are giving tag teams a real resurgence. And uh, even though we've had great tag teams come up through NXT and out again, I mean, obviously recently Enzo and Kaz, the four villains and everything, I think that these two teams are the ones that are really stepping up, setting the bar. These the, are the ones that are putting on the caliber of the tag, of tag, tag team matches. wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously Enzo and Kaz and four villains are breathing new life in terms of like credible characters that are interesting to watch and putting interest in the tag team division. But in terms of how to wrestle a tag team match, those two teams, American Alpha and the Revival, are just on a whole other level. And a I'm, whole other level. I was pretty shocked at the result, but... Revival, I, getting the belts back. Yes. Love that. Yeah, I've had some time love for it, it to sink in and I'm... Yeah, okay, I'm on board. I like that it's not just a case of the revival are there to put the belts on American Alpha and then American Alpha beat them clean every time. I like that yeah. they're keeping them as equals yeah. because, to be honest with you, if they're not kept as equals, who the hell else is going to step up to face American Alpha? I mean, yeah, we did see this 
um, this new team debut after the match. The so-called authors of pain. The authors of pain uh, with Paul Ellering. Okay, I don't know who these two big guys are. Um, not the most amazing beatdown I've ever seen in my life. But mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm you know I'm open to it. I, they wouldn't get it's signed for nothing. To, it's interesting to see somebody debut in NXT like that. Yeah, usually you, don't you might see get that. a call up invading the main roster to beat somebody down. But it's interesting to see that happen in yeah. NXT. This yeah, and especially on the stage like a takeover. Event. Yeah, yeah. And the cool After thing a match is, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, and the cool thing there is, you're like, well, why did they attack American Alpha? Yes, make a statement, I suppose. Also, their heels, obviously. But with Paul Ellering there as well, what a great way to bring in two brand new guys that you've never seen before. They come in and beat the shit out of the hottest babyface tag team in NXT. And then you pair them up with a legendary Hall of Fame manager, the manager of the Bro Warriors of the Legion of Doom, Paul Ellering. That is, that is awesome. So I think that that can only be such a good rub for these two guys. And I really, really hope that they... I think they're um, going to they're going to better in the uh, ring than they appeared to be. But we also there's a lot of smaller guys in NXT and it's become the territory for smaller guys and everybody knows WWE was always the land of the giants. Yeah. And to have two bigger guys in the tag team scene can only be a good thing. I mean, look at the way that Nia Jax has been booked in the women's division which we're going to go on to in a minute, but having someone who's a completely different body type, completely different moveset, uh it can only help. Yeah, I mean, apart from people like Corbin or people like uh, the Wyatts, you haven't had big guys in NXT. No, really, and Corbin's a tall sense. guy. He is a big guy, but he didn't yeah, wrestle like yeah, a big guy. He yeah. wasn't a, a big, thick, you could say Samoa Joe's a big pound, guy, but he, doesn't, he doesn't wrestle like a big guy. Yeah, and, and Samoa Joe isn't like a, a monster. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas the, these guys are, and I think they're going to have to be careful with them. They're also going to have to educate the fans on who Paul Ellering is because I, I, I consider myself an invested wrestling fan i didn't know who he was i didn't um, recognize him to be honest with you and also the full sale smarky crowd were even chatting who are you i am who are you yeah so uh, yeah i mean obviously we'll be educated on that going forward within the programming but just just the whole that whole segment the match and then the beatdown, just insane if you have yeah if you haven't watched it if you watch one match let it be that tag team match because it was just insane the back and the forth and the tag team wrestling moves are just it was such a treat. So good. Such a treat. So on to the next match of the night, which is one that I know I wasn't all too excited about, just because I wasn't really sure what to expect from it. And that's Shinsuke Nakamura versus Austin Aries. And wow, were we were we treated far beyond what I think even both of us were expecting from that match. I mean, say, say your piece about Austin Aries that you were talking me through as we were watching it, because it definitely bears repeating. Okay. Um, so when Austin Aries had his second run in TNA, where he wasn't Austin Star, but he came back as Austin Aries, I absolutely loved Austin Aries at that point. Um, I think his ring work was so crisp, and I think in a lot of ways he was a more crisp, more fluid version uh, in ring style of what CM Punk was offering in WWE at the time. Um, when he beat Bobby Roode for the World Championship, it felt like a really big deal. Um, and I feel like since Austin Aries came into NXT, he hasn't been able to hit his stride, almost like he's just been a step off. And I wondered if it was because it's been four years since that point. The guy's in his late 30s, um, we're heading towards the late 30s, and I wondered if maybe it was just a case we're not going to see that calibre of Austin Aries in NXT. But that ship had sailed, excuse the pun, um, so. Yep, fully sailed. Um, and, and to be fair, completely proven wrong. This match with Shinsuke Nakamura was the Austin Aries that I was 
hoping would have showed up against Baron Corbin yeah. and that I've been waiting to see in NXT. And like you said, maybe it's the caliber of opponent, but also maybe it's the speed of the match. Yeah. Because Austin Aries obviously is smaller guy, doesn't wrestle like a smaller guy, but his style lends itself to fast-paced action. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I wasn't all too impressed with him at TakeOver just because he didn't do anything that was really out of the ordinary. Like, it was a good match. It was interesting. He's obviously very capable in the ring, but there was nothing in his match at TakeOver that made me go, ah, that's why WWE signed him. Yeah, but in was... the match with Nakamura, we got that. Yeah, we, we did. got that in spades. The moves that he was pulling out were amazing. Yeah, and he was just, he was on it. Yeah. Just vicious, The Death hard Valley hitting. driver onto the ring apron. Yeah. That Death Valley driver yeah. was insane. And the suicide dive between yeah. the first and second ropes, yeah. I absolutely love that variation. Yeah, And so it was good. so, the speed he managed to get, yeah. the precision, and he landed straight into the barricade right on his feet. Yeah. Just, it's, it's just amazing. Just um, amazing athleticism. And it was a, a nice, interesting opponent for Nakamura to have as well. Um, Nakamura has basically just kind of been in squash matches since he faced Zayn at TakeOver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Elias Sampson had some... Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Elias Sampson did have some offense, but nothing like the offense that Austin Aries got in again. I mean, it was just, you know, it was back and forth. There were points where I thought Austin Aries might take it. But I think yeah. realistically, we always knew, given the fact that Nakamura is now being advertised on, you know, main roster live events, you know, he, he's obviously destined for, or at least short term, he's destined for bigger things than Aries now. Yeah, so, and it makes you wonder whether these are the kind of guys that were signed to NXT, given a platform to see if they can get over to maybe, and, and to, to perform, obviously, um, at a high standard, and maybe they're going to be given the opportunity to go up when the brand split happens. Because even though there's, yeah. a, there's a great pool of talent on the main roster, I don't think anybody is um, going to disagree that they could probably do with a little bit more star power Oh, especially now that they're going to be completely split across the two shows. Like, you know, if you think about having a, a fully fleshed out Raw and SmackDown with enough credible competitors to go for both the IC and the US, whichever shows they end up on, and then even possibly two separate world titles, we don't know at this point. It's not going to hurt having somebody like Shinsuke Nakamura or Austin Aries up there on SmackDown or Raw. I would love to see Aries on SmackDown. That'd be badass. Yeah, and, and the guy with just fits so well into US championship yeah. scene or intercontinental yeah. championship scene. Um, he's just going to be a real good mid-card to upper mid-card worker. And obviously, yeah. and then if he exceeds expectations, you never know what that can lead to. Yeah. The guy is just so talented. Um, so I was not pleasantly surprised because I was expecting that match to be good. But even from what I was expecting, it exceeded my expectations. Oh, no, totally, what I'm trying totally. To say. And, and even the way Nakamura pulled out the win was, still looked really, really cool. Like with the, the King Shasta, he damn near took Austin Aries' head off. Yeah, and Aries sold it so well. Yeah. I mean, he did the kind of the bombier off yeah. the second rope to the back of his head, reverse exploder, mm -hmm. and then the King uh, So yeah, good. Yeah. And Amazing. just to not hear Corey Graves shout at the top of his lungs, also I quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, And even when Aries went for his second suicide dive, uh, Nakamura moves and Aries yeah. just ate the barricade. He absolutely ate it, fakes first. My God, it looked brutal. It did, it <laughs> it's did. It's so brutal. But yeah. so, so that match was great. Yeah, that really, was great. really great match. Um, next up, we had the women's title match, which again, really, really enjoyed. Way, that, that was the most I've ever enjoyed a Nia Jax match. I'm a massive Nia Jax fan. Yeah, she's Now green. I'm finally getting it. She's green, no doubt about it. But she wrestles that big man, obviously she's not a man, but the big man style really well. She's different from the other competitors. 
and she sets herself aside differently from the other competitors. I think she doesn't sell that much. She doesn't leave her feet. She's just dominant. And the type of offense that she gets in, people don't want to see it, but the reality is they garner heat. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I think it's just a testament to the fact that whatever they're doing down in NXT, it's working. If they're getting people like Nia Jax over so, so quickly and such a believable, dominant heel, it's working. If they're getting people like Ty Dillinger that have been in the system for a while and back when it was FCW, probably just would have been released by now. Yeah, yep. now he's super over and getting people that weren't enjoying him at all, like me, to really enjoy his work, it's working. Like, NXT works. Yeah, it really and, does. And that was a real testament to that. Yeah, and the thing is... To have a homegrown talent next to an import, like Asuka yeah. as well, and for us to see them as equals. Like, uh-huh. it's it, oh, so good. And Nia Jax lost clean, but yeah. she doesn't look worse for it. No. Because she gave a hell of a... A being to ask her but then she was got kicked in the head like three fucking times from Oscar. yeah and I she mean, it was that whole thing where it's like give me more like she's like screaming yeah. like come on then give it to me and she did and, yeah. and then and then ask her ask her beer yeah but Nia Jax still looks dominant as hell yeah and this is proof that you the wins and losses matter but they don't always matter more than the performance in the match and I think we also saw this is the coronation of like of, of women in NXT, we had the same from Becky Lynch when she fought Sasha. Becky Lynch from, went from being kind of Sasha's sidekick, you know, almost an undercard, mid-card female in NXT to being like, no, she got over that night and the yeah. crowd gave her a standing ovation for her efforts. And that was really the coronation and the, the coming out party for Becky Lynch. And in some respects, I feel the same by Nia Jax. I thought as well that her match against Bailey back at London... Was it yeah. London? Yeah. I really liked that. I love the way they built that match. Oh, yeah, I think no, whoever's totally. putting the matches together in NXT <clears throat> for the women, which I guess is Sarah Del Rey, but I don't know. It also it could be some other agents as well stepping in and doing some of it. I think they just they're very, very good at understanding the character, understanding the positives and hiding those weaknesses. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, the, the women's division in NXT still, even though they've had that class of wrestlers graduate up to the main roster, that I still am more invested in the women's yeah. division in NXT. It's still more interesting. Yeah, and, and maybe that's just because we've got that kind of underground approach to it. Maybe that's just us as wrestling fans being the kind of wrestling fans yeah. that we are doing this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's definitely on a par. I mean, subjectively, I prefer NXT, but even objectively, you can't say that the NXT women's division is any less credible or no, any worse yeah. than the main roster. So then, on to the main event. Um, obviously, Joe versus Banner in a steel cage, the first steel cage match in NXT history. Only the third time we've had a gimmicky sort of um, special stipulation well, yeah, yeah. So you match. had the two ladder matches. You had uh, Neville, to think of. Adrian Neville versus Bo Dallas, and then you had Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens last year. Yeah, first cage match in NXT. First cage match for Finn Balor throughout his entire career as well, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Obviously, Joe's had some very, very memorable cage matches in TNA. Yeah, lockdown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so it's actually one memorable cage match. The one against Angle, obviously, the MMA kind of yeah. type bout was pretty cool. I uh, I had mixed feelings about this match going because I was kind of worried that Finn was going to get the belt back because um, I'd heard these kind of theories online about how like they're you know building Finn up as their like their franchise player for NXT which he has been already obviously but they were going to double down on that make him a two time champion yeah um, I'm glad they didn't do that um, I, I also 
every time there's a build, I don't know why it happens, but every time there's a build up to a Balor match, I'm like, kind of getting a bit bored of Balor. And then yeah. the match happens and it's really exciting. And I'm like, oh no, that's why I like Balor. Yeah, I think that he needs to be in a new environment. I think the main roster <clears> the, <throat> the environment needs to be in. And I think we both expressed the fact that we're not crazy about the demon. No. In no. fact, even the entrance was not as no. spectacular as it once was. He wasn't wearing all the entrance gear. And I maybe maybe Balor's getting to the point where he's like, actually, I kind of evolved past this now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and coming out with a leather jacket, the Balor Club deal. That's so much cooler. Yeah, just Badass. way, way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, like you said, um, Joe defeated the demon. So maybe that's going to be the send-off for the demon at least. I don't think so. I think that... It will be something that appears every now and again, but it's. I mean, you've got to believe that if Balor wrestles at WrestleMania, it will be as the demon. They will have a yeah. demon WrestleMania. I mean, just well. don't don't specify that it's demon Balor and not it. Just feels very Tekken to me. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, just it's Finn Balor with some face paint. That's yeah. you don't need to. It's just Balor. Like, yeah, it's just, just Balor. Balor's got a special attire for this special occasion. Doesn't yeah, need to be that he's more powerful yeah. when he puts on face paint. Nobody goes on about like gold dust. Like he's just he's just a dude in some paint. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's and I, I, it's like the Jeff Hardy thing where when he had his uh, WWE Championship run, he wore paint sometimes and didn't. I just it doesn't need to be this thing. Yeah. Jr. would be like, hey, Hardy's wearing paint tonight. Maybe that means his mind is a little bit more focused yeah. and elsewhere. <laughs> you know, and trying to just just draw like a, a, a reason for doing it, but it doesn't need to be like, this is demon Balor. You know, there's no fucking difference. It's still Fogel Devitt, guys. But onto the match itself. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there were some really, really good spots that when Finn kicks Joe in the face. Fucking hell. Oh my. Yeah. Oh. And then Joe falls yeah. like, against the, the rope, which knocks Balor, who ends yeah. up straddled. With yeah. his legs at the side of the top rope. Yeah, when Balor's up on the ropes and Finn is down on the floor behind, between the ropes and the cage. Kicks yeah. Joe, Joe slumps on the ropes and then it causes Finn to fall down between his legs. Just some really, really um, creative ways of making sure that even if one of them gets definitive offense, <clears throat> they're both down. So one yeah, of them can't yeah. just run out of the cage. And it was good to see that they both kicked out of each other's finishes. The one time, that was good. Added drama to the match. And then, the, I mean, the crowning jewel of it was the muscle buster off the top rope. That was, yeah, that was that was amazing. So good. Really, really well done. Just the way they worked into that position. It was really cool. Because I thought Balor was going to do um, the thing where he goes to the top rope. And then he's going to coup de gras Joe. And it's the decision when he's on the top of the cage. Like, do I jump down with the championship? Or do I do the coup de gras? Um, almost like I said to you, Jeff Hardy, Survivor Series 2001, yeah. that sort of deal. But the issue I have is I don't want to see the babyface do something like that. The babyface should be so focused on winning the match yeah. that he doesn't get distracted by playing to the crowd and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's going to be a storyline and there's a point to that moving forward. So I'm really glad they didn't go down that route because that would have bothered me a lot, I think. Because Balor's not stupid. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't have made sense within the confines of Balor's character and what's been happening. I mean, the feud's too important. He wants the NXT Championship back more than anything. He said it's the most important thing in his life. So well, I'm glad. Away just to harm Joe. Yeah, so I'm really glad they didn't go down that route because I was <coughs> concerned for a minute they were going to. And obviously, then Balor was trying to get out of the cage. Joe, really, really cool, just held his arm, was just holding it against, like, bending it the wrong way. So Balor was like, shit, he has to get back into the cage. Joe snaps him up, muscle buster. Twisting off the top so rope, good, boom. So good. Really, really good. Just solid, really happy that Joe won again. It does really put a, a full stop on their feud. Like, it was the end of mm-hmm. that. Like, Joe won definitively. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting to see where they both go from here. And let's talk about that for a second. Where do you see both Joe and Balor going from here? 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, so the draft is coming up in the next month. Um, my original thought was that it would be Balor versus AJ at SummerSlam. But now that AJ's entered this feud with Cena, which I know we're going to touch on in a minute as well, I don't see that happening anymore. I think it's going to be AJ versus Cena until SummerSlam. I think they're going to have a three-match series, which is usually what happens with Cena and his feuds at the moment. Um, you know, we've talked about that already. Did we? We did indeed. We didn't talk about AJ and Cena particularly. We did. So, moving forwards, <laughs> um, if we're talking about, I mean, I personally think they're both going to get called up to the main roster. Joe and Bala. I think Joe would be a great <clears throat> fit for Raw. But then what happens with the belt? Because, or unless he drops, well, because the call up is long before SummerSlam. SummerSlam's end of August. And the next- no, I mean, he can be called up whenever. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be for the draft. It can be after the draft. He also doesn't have to lose the title at a takeover. Yeah. yeah. He can lose it at a house show. Very true, very true. I mean, who do you see as the next guy to take the championship? Because to me, Samoa Joe was the guy to get the belt off Balor to take him up to the main roster. And I just, yeah. I got a feeling now they're doing the brand split. Things are just going to change pretty dramatically. And my thought process was that the next thing they're going to do would be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Shinsuke's already been saying he wants to be the NXT champion. Joe's heel, Shinsuke's face. I mean, Shinsuke versus Joe is just a dream match in itself. Yeah, and that would be amazing. And maybe, that could easily headline TakeOver Brooklyn. Yeah, maybe that's, what, maybe that's what they're going to work towards. Freeze Balor up to move up to the main roster because I just can't see anything else happening right now. No. Unless in the interim they do Balor versus Nakamura, but they're not going to blow that on an episode of NXT. Yeah, it'd be really weird to see where Balor goes from here. Really weird. I kind of feel like he's just done with it. He has nothing there left to do. Nothing. No, and it's the end of Joe and Balor. So if Joe doesn't lose the NXT Championship to somebody else, then, you know, okay, it wasn't said that it was... Uh, Bauer's last shot at Joe but that was the implication it's the end yeah so I just think the only place Bauer can go is up to the main roster and I think having Bauer as one of the the flagship guys on Smackdown yeah no I I would be totally on board with that I can also see him on Raw but when they do the draft when they do the draft I think Cena and Reigns are going to be on Raw I think both of them are going to be on Raw a lot of people have been saying they're going to separate them, and I, I just don't agree with that. I just don't think so. I think that... Yeah, no, I think they'll probably both be on Raw. I think Rollins will end up on SmackDown. I actually don't. I think Rollins, wow. Reigns, and Cena are all going to stay on Raw. Wow, I can, see, I can be... see Ambrose being on SmackDown. AJ's going to be on SmackDown. The club will probably be on SmackDown. Orton probably will You'll get guys like Owens might stay Raw. Sami Zayn might go to SmackDown. If I think that's a really integral um, part of the draft is to separate Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, so that they can come back together at some point yeah. for next year's Mania or whatever. Because we don't need to see that completely play out now. I don't want to be burnt out on Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens before they've kind of reached that peak. Because I think those are two guys that are going to be fighting for the championship one day. Yeah. It's going to be Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for the World Heavyweight Championship. No matter which way around it happens, I think that's how it's going to be. Yeah, true, true. Very true. Well, that was our rundown of TakeOver then. Um, well, what about Joe? Do you think uh, Joe's going to go up? I know I said I kind of see him on Raw. What do you think? No, I don't, about I don't think he's... for Lesnar if Lesnar comes back. I don't think he's going up, for, not for the draft. Yeah. He'll get, I think he will get a main roster call up, but I, I think he's going to be a long-time champ. Not as long as Balor. But a little bit later down the line. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I can't think of any other wrestling okay. news that's happening. Maybe there's something that's happened and broken since we've started doing this, but... 
that's the the world of pro wrestling. And we'll touch on it next time. Yeah. That, that was our little rundown of the state of affairs at the minute. Um, yeah, I mean, we're doing these podcasts sporadically at the moment, just as and when we can. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to commit to a weekly or even a, a kind of bi-weekly sort of schedule. It's just going to be when summer happens, yeah. when we can get together and shoot the shit. We just definitely thought TakeOver was worth talking about because it was a damn good show. Yeah, it was. Damn good show. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I mean, they all have been. Every TakeOver event that I've watched has always been really, really top class. And like you said, it's a shame that the caliber of matches on a regular pay-per-view, even though since the, since WrestleMania, they has been much higher on the main roster. It's a shame that they can't be that good all the time because even WrestleMania, the caliber of matches at WrestleMania was almost not up to the same standard as the takeover that just happened. Well, Let it's alone like you said, it's not a wrestling event. It's a sports yeah. entertainment event. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. And we got NXT, which is catering towards us as wrestling fans. Quenching that thirst. True that. True that. Do that. All right, guys. Peace out. All right. Cheers.